World War III, world government, the Antichrist, world religion, the false prophet, the mark of the beast, great tribulation, wars and rumors of wars, pandemics, famines, earthquakes, and more, all prophesied for the times just ahead. How should a Christian navigate these events? Well, we will answer this question on today's edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Jesus warned us about the end time. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 through 29 says this. Jesus said, and as he sat, the Bible says, and as Jesus and his disciples sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately and said, Tell us. When shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world, or the end of this age? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Now he's talking to us, our generation here, uh, the end of the age. Take heed that no man deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And as I go down through here, I want you to look at what's going on in our world right now. Verse 6 says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. You say, well, man, wars and rumors of wars, I'm going out of my mind here. No, no, Jesus said, don't be troubled. How can a Christian do that? We're going to talk about that. He said, for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations are going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilence, or pandemics. Earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. And then shall they deliver up to you to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound... The love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's a promise from God Almighty. And he goes on to say, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. The greatest time of persecution the world has ever known or ever will know. 
And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, the church today, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there is Christ, don't believe it. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, the church, the true church of Jesus Christ on the earth. Verse 26, Wherefore, if they say unto you, uh, Behold, he's in the desert, don't go. Because he's in, he, he, or if they say, Behold, he's in the secret chambers, believe it not. Because this is how I will come back. Verse 29, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, Shall the sun be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and that's when the rapture occurs. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, Just like in the earlier verses, the true church of Jesus Christ on the earth, the elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So, this is Jesus prophesying about things that would occur towards the end of this age. 2 Timothy said, 2 Timothy uh, 3, verse 1 through 5. Timothy Timothy said, um, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, picture society and people that you hear about in the news all the time. Okay? Um, Lovers of their own selves. Covetous. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. So, are we living in the end days, and the last days, everybody? Absolutely. I mean, have you heard of any wars or rumors of wars? I mean, we've been hearing about it for decades now. Uh, think about today, though, China and Taiwan and the, the South China Sea, uh, North Korea, Iran, Israel, and the United States. Um, Russia, Ukraine. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Every the front of every news source, Newsmax uh, reported the battle weary region has become uh, between um, has been fighting pro Russia separatist fighters since 2014, and it's an area close to where Russia has massed close to a hundred thousand uh, soldiers in a troop buildup that President Biden says could mount the largest invasion since World War II. Wars and rumors of wars. In Newsmax, they reported that Donald Trump said, 
um, that Biden is risking World War III with Russia. And then, of course, China and Russia and Iran have been participating in joint naval drills. Imagine participating in a joint naval drill with the number one sponsor of terrorism on the planet. So, wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said you would hear about it just prior to the second coming. Not just in one country, but all over the planet, folks. Especially in the Middle East and that uh, the European-Asian region over in there. And so, are we living in the last days? Absolutely. We're going to go through a little bit more of this content here, and then I'm going to get into how Christians should navigate these waters in the end time. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Are we in the end time? Absolutely. Wars and rumors of wars. Um, Luke prophesied that there would be an increase in the, uh, the LGBTQ agenda in society in the last days. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 29 through 30. Luke said, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, of course, you know that the, the major uh, mindset or one of the major mindsets in society where it got so bad that God was forced to destroy it was the sin of sodomy. Sodom, that's where they got their name, the sin of sodomy. And, of course, what they wanted to do to the angels when they came into town to get Lot out. 
Well, Newsbreak published an article, a Christian member of parliament goes on trial in Finland for calling homosexuality a disorder. Now, in, in the unprecedented case over freedom of speech, the Helsinki District Court must is also looking to decide whether the citing of the Bible can be considered a crime in some cases in Finland, where somebody would say, hey, uh, 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 if a man sleeps with a man, it's an abomination unto the Lord. They would say, they're looking to say, hey, is that a crime? Pavi Russinen is a medical doctor and a member of parliament for a small Christian Democrat party since uh, 95. She called homosexuality a developmental disorder in an online opinion letter back in 2004 and that it was a shame and a sin on Twitter in 2019. And this is what the prosecutor said. And now she's on trial for saying that and tweeting that. A member of parliament in Finland. So these are agendas that are being pushed because the Bible says it, folks. But there are people that are pushing these agenda that don't want you to say anything about that. Are we living in the end time? Absolutely. Pestilence, Jesus prophesied, or pandemics, a synonymous term for pestilence. Pandemics. Well, do we have any pandemics? Well, of course we do. And now we've got pandemics with variants. I mean, think about this. MSN. They reported that there are five coronavirus strains that are currently listed as the global variants of concern by the World Health Organization, and they are the strains of Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma, and Omicron. But in addition, the World Health Organization lists two variants of interest, which are being monitored and tracked, but are not presently thought to present a significant public threat. That's Lambda, and Mu. And then three further strains of the virus. I mean, this is, it's getting a little bit out of hand, don't you say? Three further strains of the virus that were first recorded in January, May, and September of last year are listed as variants under monitoring, get this, and a further 17 strains have been relegated from that list because they are deemed no longer of concern after failing to circulate to any worrying extent. But how many strains of a pandemic can you get, folks? But Jesus said, We're going to have, you're going to see pestilence or pandemics in the end time. Are we in the end time? Absolutely. The Great Tribulation. Setting the stage for another Jewish Holocaust. When Jesus warned in Matthew 24 that this gospel will be preached unto the whole world, Then the end would come. When you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea flee. He was prophesying about another Jewish holocaust that would occur. Plus in Revelation chapter 12, when Satan comes down and persecutes the woman which is Israel. So, the the setting the stage for another Jewish holocaust, the Jerusalem Post reported that 2021 was the most anti-Semitic year in the last decade. That's to their anti-Semitism report. So the year 2021 was the most anti-Semitic year in the last decade, 
with at least 10 anti-Semitic incidents happening on an average of every single day. That's according to the annual anti-Semitism report published by the World Zionist Organization and the Jewish Agency. And, of course, tomorrow, the 27th, is the International Day of Commemoration in memory of the victims of the Holocaust. And it's, it's really a, it's a grim reminder that despite the horrors of the Holocaust, anti-Semitism is still alive and kicking and going into uh, this year. And so, anti-Semitism on a huge rise in the world today. A horrific situation, but it's setting the stage. It's getting the ideology of a lot of people against the Jews, setting the stage for an eventual another Jewish holocaust that's coming. And, of course, we're living in the end days. I'm still in Matthew 24. And then to some other prophecies, the peace agreement. <clears throat> there are still efforts. There, there are many efforts towards that. That Some of them are very small, but it's still ongoing. The Jerusalem um, Jewish News Syndicate, they reported that the, the UN Security Council president for this month said that Israelis and Palestinians need to get back to the negotiating table. The Norwegian ambassador... She um, spoke about her current term as president at the UN Security Council and including her renewed focus on the peace process and said that Israel, about Israel's settlements and the, uh, she said, Palestinian incitement. She was influential years ago in um, working on the Oslo Peace Accords. Now, you're talking what? Close to 30 years ago, probably. So... Now she's coming back around. Now she's the UN Security Council uh, president for this month. And she said her name is Mona Jewell. And she's now Norway's ambassador to the United Nations. She told the Jewish News Syndicate that she is determined not to let the prospect of peace die. And she's using her pulpit this month as president of the UN Security Council to focus on that conflict. Now there are many more that I could go over different things that are happening between Yair Lapid and the, the, uh, the uh, uh, I should say, the upcoming Prime Minister of Israel. It takes over, I think, in August of next year. Different things they're doing. But I want to make sure I get to my main point here today. I'm setting the stage for that. Of course, are we living in the end time? Yeah, the world government, Revelation 13. Um, you, you could look at the Sustainable Development Goals, the Great Reset, the, the United Nations... Uh, the World Bank, the World Health Organization, the International Monetary Fund, um, the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, the Build Back Better, inclusive capitalism with the Rothschilds and all the different um, guardians or the, all of these major uh, corporations around the world that have trillions of dollars of assets wanting to move us off of our current uh, capitalistic system of shareholder capitalism into stakeholder capitalism. Um, and then, of course, uh, the, the world religion, interfaith and ecumenical efforts to gather all the religions of the world together to support or pledge allegiance to the world government and their climate change agenda and many other agendas. <clears throat> and then, of course, the mark of the beast, global numbering systems, ID 2020, ID 4D cashless societies, the United Nations, the um, 
better than Cash Alliance, working just with governments and uh, NGOs and different things around the world to implement uh, a cashless society. He's moving people off of cash onto a digital society so that they can track and control people. That's what it's all about. It's not just because they like you and they think it's better for you. If they did that, they'd say, use cash. That's freedom. They're not into freedom. They're into control. Central bank digital currencies, you've heard about that. I think uh, I read the other day, 86%, uh, the, the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of the central banks, put out a report that 86% of the central banks around the world are looking into a digital currency. Our Federal Reserve Central Bank here is looking into a digital currency. Uh, facial recognition. Digital uh, palm readers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, setting the stage for an eventual Mark of the Beast system. None of this was possible, you understand, prior to the invention of the computer, the invention of the Internet. Now you have blockchain technology and all these other things that are just kind of tightening the noose, okay? So are we living in the end time? Absolutely. I mean, I have people ask me, of course, all the time, I need to prove this. Prove we're in the end time. You guys say we're in the end time, prove it. I'm like, well, name a prophecy. Just name one. And I can tell you what's going on in the news, how we're living in the end time. Right on down the line, folks. Every single one. So we're, we are just a few years away from when the Lord said immediately after the tribulation of those days, He'll send His angels with the great sound of a trump to gather His elect. The elect... You and me. Okay? So, in light of all this, and I know we do every day, we're talking about this stuff where the world government and all these different things. So I know you guys hopefully are up to speed on much of this. But I know that some people have just got into fear mode. And it's almost like overwhelming. And... People, I have Christian friends of mine that are saying, what are we going to do? Can I invest money in something that will take me through this? Can I buy property? Can I store up food? Do what, you know, what do we do? And as we get farther off into this, I think we will be able to uh, the Lord's going to show us, and He's going to help us. Hey, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pivot here. However, my main point today is how should a Christian navigate these events? Okay, so number one on my list, number one, is be born again. When Nicodemus came to Jesus in John 3, the Roman government was just totally oppressive. I mean, they just were thumbed down on... They, were, they had Roman soldiers everywhere in Jerusalem during the time of Jesus. He had to deal with that. When Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and uh, he said, hey, you know, uh, we know you're a teacher come from God. No man can do these things that you're, unless he be a, a teacher come from God like you are. Jesus didn't look at him and say, oh my goodness, Nicodemus, this crazy Roman government, what are we going to do about this? They're taxing us to death. We can't do anything. We're never going to be able to share the gospel. 
my disciples I'm trying to teach, I mean, they, you know, they're all scared to death. No, no, they didn't do any of that. Jesus said, Nicodemus, except you, you have to be born again. Except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. That's the number one thing Jesus thought Nicodemus ought to know. Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. So my number one thing to you today, if we, so what we need to do, everybody, is to bring the Bible to 2022. If we can't do that, then we will all be abject failures in this life. I've got to apply the Bible's principles, the plan of salvation, how do I live my life, to my life in 2022 if I want to go to be where Jesus is for eternity. Okay? Just like Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, you must be, marvel not that I say unto you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. He didn't go into deep theological discourse. He didn't uh, talk about the oppressive state they were in. He said, you be born again, Nicodemus. So that's my number one to you. Be born again. Number two, post the born again experience. Okay? Prior to being born again, the only thing I can tell you to do is be born again. Post the born again experience. Once an individual has been born again, you've received the Holy Spirit, and now you've become a Christian. What do my, my thing is today, because I know my audience here, I know that a big, vast majority of you are Christians. So how does a Christian navigate these waters? Well, number two, be born again, number two, lead a Christocentric or a Christ-centered life and be led by the Spirit of God. Now, you say, led by the Spirit of God, you just lost me. Because I've heard people talk about being led by the Spirit of God, but I've never, I've never you know, uh, kind of... Um, functioned in that realm, uh, that sphere, and I'm kind of lost. But Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's pretty important, right? Yes, you do need to be born again, but understand how the New Testament plan of salvation and the New Testament is structured. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the life, the birth, the life and teachings, and the death of Jesus Christ. His ministry from four men's perspective. The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the way the New Testament is structured. The book of Acts, the actions of the apostles that they put into play once Jesus had passed on and ascended into heaven. Then the apostles put that what they learned from him into action... And that's how they had great revivals and many different things happened. They miracles and all different things. They had to be led, learn to be led by the Spirit of God. And we'll talk about some of that on the other side of the break. Um, if you want to get this entire program, though, make sure you go to endtime.com. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Now, the New Testament structure, really quick. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. The book of Acts. They put the, the apostles put into play what they had learned from Jesus, and they began to be led by the Spirit of God. That's how they were healing people, and I'll get to some of the verses here in just a moment. They were having great revival. Things were happening in their life because they were being led by the Spirit. Jesus Christ wasn't here physically anymore. He had ascended into heaven in Acts 1. And then Romans through Jude were letters written to the churches and different individuals to show them how to live once they were post the born again experience. They had to be learned to be led by the Spirit of God. Read the book of Romans and things that goes deep into this. And then um, the book of Revelation, the prophetic book. So the biggest majority of the book of, of the New Testament is devoted to showing people how to live as Christians once they've been born again. One of the main things is being led by the Spirit of God. Remember um, Romans 8, 14. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to be a son of God, don't you? So when you talk about being led by the Spirit of God, some people think, oh no, hocus pocus and you know that was for the apostles. That's not for us. But that's not true. Uh, there, back in 2018, there was a there's a TV show out called The View. Okay, most of you know about it. Ladies sit around a big deal desk, and you know they go back and forth. <clears throat> in 2018, there was a lady on The View. Um, I think her name is Joy Behar. I don't watch the view, so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I follow the news, so I, I know that this happened, but I'm almost positive her name was Joy Behar. She told the co hosts, her co host, um, the other ladies, she said this, and I'm quoting It's one thing to talk to Jesus, but it's another thing when Jesus talks to you. She said, That's called mental illness, if I'm not correct. Hearing voices? Okay. I would love to sit down and have a, a, a scriptural conversation with Joy Behar. That may never happen, and that's fine. But 
she should endeavor, just like all of us, she should endeavor to be led by the Spirit of God. You say, Dave, do you hear voices? I've never heard an audible voice. Never. From God. He's never spoken to me audibly. But I know when He's speaking to me. Because my spirit connects to His and I'm being led by the Spirit. I'll talk to you about that in a minute. And I had to learn to do that. But I'll show you. I'll show you, tell you. We'll talk about that in just a second. So it's important to realize that when you are born again, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit... That's your first lesson in being led by, to, in being spirit-led. You start to recognize the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not in church and you don't have anything to do with church, you don't ever pray, you don't talk to God, you're not even seeking God, and you just started listening to our program, then being spirit-led is going to be totally foreign to you because... You, the Bible says, the day you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found of you. When, when, you, when you're seeking God and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you can start to feel, hey, there's a connection here. He's, he's speaking to me. He, he's laying things on my heart that I can't escape from, and you're being spirit-led. So it, it's really important that you learn how to be spirit-led. And, and you do have to learn, by the way. You don't just start off, boom, right in the beginning. I mean, um, you remember in the Old Testament, Samuel had been taken to the house of the Lord. You remember the prophet Samuel, Samuel, and how all that began. I'm not going to go through all that. But he was taken to the house of the Lord, and he had been dedicated to the service of the Lord. He lived in the house of the Lord after he had been uh, weaned from his mother, uh, just from a baby. And he lived there with Eli. So, um, but at the age of 12, Samuel was lying in his bed one night and he hears the voice of Sam, uh, he hears a voice saying, Samuel. Well, he thought it was Eli. So he jumped up out of his bed and he ran in there and he said, yes, my Lord, what do you want? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lay down. Samuel goes back, lays down. And in a little while, here comes the voice again. Samuel, Samuel. And he runs in there and he said, what do you want? He goes back to Eli. What do you want, my Lord? I mean, you, did, you called me. And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Go lay down. But Eli perceived that God was starting to talk to this young man. And he said, hey, I'll tell you what you do, Samuel. The next time you hear the voice... You say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Well, Samuel goes back in there, goes to bed. Now, it's a 12-year-old boy, right? Imagine. And so he goes back in, he lays down on his bed. He lays there for a little while, and here it comes again. Samuel, and Samuel said, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And God began to talk and to reveal things to Samuel. Now, again, I've never heard an audible voice, but I'll, you'll, I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you what, how, what, it, what happens here in just a moment. So to be led by the Spirit of God is very, very critical because we're talking about how are Christians going to navigate these events that are just ahead of us. 
these wars, rumors of wars, all these different uh, false prophets that will come. Jesus warned us about all that. Uh, different things that will come down the pike. Uh, inflation, um, the, the uh, inclusive capitalism, all these different uh, ways of putting this socialist noose around our neck. Uh, world government, world religion. How, how are Christians going to navigate this stuff? Are we just left to our own vices and God sits up and says, okay, you guys do your own thing. No, I, that's not the God I serve, okay? He's wanting to lead and guide us, but if you're not listening for the voice, you're going to be stuck. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why the Bible talks in detail about being spirit-led. So, to be spirit-led, very, very critical. And the Holy Ghost is the only way we can be spirit-led. And notice, again, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, so critical. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. We say, well, I'm, I'm not led by the Spirit of God. I don't know what you're talking about. When's the last time you prayed? The, the, the Bible says, the day you seek me with your whole heart, I'll be found of you. If, some, if you're living your life after your own, if you're trying to be a, lead a self-led life, then God's going to say, I'm not going to supersede your free will. You want to lead your own life? Go ahead. But if you want to lead a Spirit-led life and you'll dedicate and lead a lead a Christ-centered life, and you're praying daily and you're seeking His face, He will begin to impress things upon you. And you're, it's something that you can't escape. It's like, man, this thought in my mind, I can't get this out of my mind. And then you act on it, and it's God leading and guiding you. So the purpose of, the, of receiving the Holy Spirit is so that we can be Spirit-led, not self-led. It's God's will for every single Christian to have the Holy Spirit indwell in them and to truly lead a Spirit-led life. This is how we're going to navigate these times just ahead. And again, I've had people tell me, oh, that's for the apostles 2,000 years ago. That doesn't even apply to us. (laughs) If you think that, yow. I mean, um, you know, if we can't apply the Bible to our lives... In 2022, you know, it's what's the point? We might as well just make a paper airplane out of all the pages and go do whatever we want. No. When the Bible says God will heal, people still get healed in 2022. When the Bible says God can deliver you, God can still deliver you from addictions and all kinds of things in 2022. The Bible says He will save you, He will forgive you of your sins. He will, blessed is they who God will not impute their uh, trespasses unto them. That still happens in 2022, folks. It's not just the apostles. And so it's very important we understand this. How are Christians going to navigate the times just ahead? This is how we're going to do it. We're going to be born again, number one. That's number one. And then we're going to learn to be led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says it's not in man that walks to direct his own footsteps. Well, who's going to direct them? God is. I mean, so let, let, let's look now at, a, at some examples of being led by God's Spirit. I mean, what are we talking about actually here in practicality? In, in the book of Acts, um, chapter 13, verse 2, there's a time when the apostles had come together and they were praying. The Bible says, and they, they, they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And then in um, Acts 13, 2 and 3, the Bible says, As they ministered to the Lord, 
the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, laid their hands upon them, they sent them away. Now let's bring this into reality, okay? Because it's cool to read a book, but if it doesn't apply to me, it does me no good. So let's bring this into reality today. Let's say you and I were there. How's that going to work? The Holy Ghost said to them, how does the Holy Ghost say something? Did they hear an audible voice? No. They were able to sense the voice of the Spirit within them. Just like Samuel had to learn to hear the voice of God, we as Christians have to learn to hear the voice of God, right? And it's not my voice, it's God speaking to me. It's laying something on my heart. He's impressing something upon me that I can't escape. It's like, ah, every time I pray, it's right there. So they're in this prayer meeting. Holy Ghost says, I want want Barnabas and Saul to go on a specific missionary journey. Separate them under the work that I've called them to do. So they prayed, they fasted, they laid their hands on them, sent them away. And this should be happening really in our churches today because we still have the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? Just like they did in those days. And we need to exercise that. We need to learn to listen to it and become sensitive to that voice. What's God speaking to me about? Let me give you a few more examples. Um, Acts 16, verses 6 through 9. The Bible says, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia to the region of Galatia and were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, and notice that, they went to preach in Asia. They wanted to go preach in Asia. But the Holy Ghost said, no, 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 no. Well, how, how do you know that? Should that be working that way for you and me today? I mean, absolutely. After they came to, uh, the Bible says, after they came to Mysia, they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. It said, no, 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 no. And so the Holy Ghost said, no, don't go into Bithynia. Don't do that. And the Bible says, and they passing by Mysia came to Trous, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of, of Macedonia. And prayed him and said, hey, come over into Macedonia and help us. In a dream, a vision that he had. So if he would have gone to Asia, or if he would have gone into Bithynia, he would have missed the will of God, right? Because God had a revival waiting for them in Macedonia. And because they listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit, then God gave them clear direction and showed them what to do. So do you think it's going to be any different in 2022 when we've got to navigate these troubled waters just ahead? No, we've got to hear the voice of God. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Man, I honestly wish I had another hour or two with you because I want, I've got so much more I want to say about this and give you so many examples. But with the time I have left, and, you know, maybe Friday we might go through some more. But let me, let me, give, let me see if I can bring this up to present-day circumstances. 2022, how does this work? And honestly, I, if, if, you'll, if you'll just pardon me, I, uh, with some, I want to give you some personal experiences. Let me, let me tell you some of the things that have happened in my own life, personally, where I've been led by the Spirit of God. And this is the way my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, lived his life from the time about you know, uh, 15, 16 years old on. He was a Spirit-led individual. He would never make a major decision unless we heard from God. So um, when I was young... Uh, me personally, Dave Robbins, I, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, I was raised in his church. He asked, he would have uh, young men give up, get up and give sermonettes on a Friday night. We would, uh, you know, maybe he'd say, hey, just 10, 15 minutes, give a thought that, you know, the Lord has laid on your heart. Well, many times, you know, I, I thought, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, but he, he, I called him one time and I said, look, I am not prepared. And he said, well, get prepared. I mean, you, you know my father-in-law, most of you. So he said, get prepared. I'm like, oh, man, i got to preach Friday night. Well, uh, I would go to the prayer room, and I would pray until God would lay a, a thought on my heart. I could feel, I could pray, 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 and then finally, boom, God would uh, impress something on me. I'd write down a few notes. Well, I went to the pulpit that night. And or it was a few days later after I put everything together. But Friday night, here it comes. Get up in the pulpit. I gave just a simple thought. I can't even honestly. I can't remember what it was. It's been I don't know, probably forty years ago now, or maybe maybe thirty five, forty years ago. And so I gave what the Lord, what I felt like the Lord laid on my heart. He just it just come into my mind and my spirit. I got up and gave that, and then I walked. Or I gave an altar call. People come down, started praying at the altar. Well, I'm not a big crier, okay? But for some reason, I walked around and went down and sat on our front row while people were praying, and I just started bawling like a baby. I'm just being transparent because this is as real as it gets. Well, I'm sitting there bawling because I just felt the presence of God, and my father-in-law is standing up there. And if you understand what tongues and interpretation are in a church, Somebody would give a tongues, and my father-in-law normally would be the guy who gave the interpretation. It was God speaking to either a specific individual of the church. And God, and God spoke to him and said, listen to what my servant has told you. And I thought, now hold on a second. I'm the one that just spoke, and the Spirit said, listen to what my servant. So I know beyond a shadow of a doubt in my mind, that God spoke to me in my heart and my mind. I went to the pulpit that night, spoke right into people's lives with a message God had burned in my heart. 
And then he confirmed it by that interpretation that said, listen to what my servant has said. Now, you can never take that away from me. That happened. Uh, my father-in-law used to say, I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. Well, that I'm telling you, you can never take that away from me. Another time. Now, what am I doing? I'm bringing being spirit-led from 2,000 years ago in the Bible to 2022. This is how we lead our lives. You want to know how end-time ministries functions? This is how we lead our lives. We are going to navigate the troubled waters in these events just ahead by being led by the Spirit of God. Why do we have prayer meetings and devotions every morning? Because I've got to have the leading of the Spirit of God in my life, or I can't make it. I'm left, I'm left to my own devices, and I will fail. But when I've got God leading and guiding my life, folks, we're going to be a smashing success. Okay? Another example. Um, I was working in, for my uncle in a, a, um, in a, a big, huge factory that he owned. Uh, and it was a cash cow. I mean, me and my brother were going to make lots of money working for him. Me and my wife had split up for a couple years, and we ended up having to, we'd lost everything we had, so I ended up having to, we got back together, but we had to live in my father-in-law's basement for a while. I told you, I'm going to be transparent with you, I don't care. So, we, I lived in my father-in-law's basement for a, almost a year. Well, I, I was working for my uncle, and I'd come home for lunch, I was pulling out of his driveway, and he comes running across the driveway, and I saw him coming, so I stopped my truck, and I said, he put his hand on my arm. I'm going to start crying. Man, this is crazy. And he said, um, I didn't mean to do this, I, but he, uh, oh, come on. <clears throat> he said, I feel like it's God's will you come to end time. I was not ministry-minded. I had been praying, asking God to help me. And he said, Dave, I've been praying. I think it's God's will you come to end time. I said, what am I going to do at end time? He said, I don't know. But he said, I've been praying and it got, I feel like it's God's will. I said, well, let me think about it and I'll let you know. As I pulled out of the driveway, he said, okay. You know, I just had, you know him. Well, as I pulled out of the driveway, he said, uh, he said I, I, something hit me right in my chest and said, Dave, this is it. If you, this is your fork in the road and your life. And if you don't make the right decision, it, you're not going to make it. Because I was, I was working in a factory. It was totally secular. I mean, it was just, it was not a good, you know, not a good influence. I'll just put it like that. And so I went back, I went straight in there and, and gave them my two weeks notice. My uncle and my brother and all of them. And they just thought I was the stupidest. What are you doing? You're going to work for a ministry? Look at what you're giving up, uh, money and blah, blah, blah. And I said, this is my fork in the road. So I took it. That's been almost 18 years ago now. Am I the happiest person on earth? I'm probably one of them. Do I make tons of money? No. But am I happy? Oh, you better believe it. Because I'm leading a spirit-led life. I chose, I was led by the Spirit of God in my life. I felt God speak to me and say, this is it. Another time, uh, I was praying, and it was like I, when I had prayed, it was, I was here working at End Time Ministries. And God was wanting to do something different in my life as I prayed. We had prayer meetings every morning. I prayed, and I, it, when I, as I'd pray, it felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling. Like they weren't reaching God. Like I would just, man, I, I just couldn't get into prayer. 
And I told God, I said, you've got to help me. I want to do more for you. I want to draw closer to you. And he said, start teaching end time Bible studies. This was back in 2012. And I was like, oh, I never taught a Bible study. So I, you know, help me. I, I don't give me something else. And he was like, nope. Every time I'd pray, say, start teaching end time Bible studies. Start teaching end time Bible studies. He was just branding it on my heart. I knew it was God speaking to me. It, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, man, it was just right there. So I went back to my father-in-law and I said, I want to start an end time Bible study in the television studio. He said, great. And I said, what night you want to do it? And he said, God didn't tell me to do it, Dave. He told you to. And I was like, oh, no, he's not going to help me. So I had to do it on my own. Well, I started teaching Bible studies. I'm telling you, folks, my walk with God totally changed. I started winning souls, started expanding the kingdom of God. And, man, I mean, I had found my niche. Here we go. Little did I know that God was preparing me for what I do now and that he was going to take Irvin Baxter. This was 2012. And that he would eventually take Irvin Baxter and I would be doing a lot. So God prepared me. He, God knew. He was leading and guiding my life. The New York church that we started. Many of you understood or know that we started a church in downtown New York uh, in Manhattan. I flew up there on Thursday mornings, flew home on Friday. I taught the Bible study. I'm going to keep, I want to cover several of these, so I'm going to keep this short. But I, we taught the Bible study. We went through the 14 weeks, went through the four weeks of the salvation package. On the last one, uh, I had um, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, go up there. He taught the last lesson. And we set up a baptismal pool in the basement to baptize a bunch of people. And we went down there, had all the baptisms. And when I, and, but I didn't know at the end, what are we going to do with this Bible study? We, we didn't have anybody to turn it over to. I had invited a pastor down that was in from West Manchester, New York. I said, hey, why don't you just, it's going to be our last Bible study. Why don't you just come down? I baptized everybody. I baptized, man, I don't know how many people, between 20 and 30 people. He stood there while I baptized every one of them. But I had nobody to turn this over to. We were fixing to fly back. I stepped out of the pool that we had rented to baptize people. I turned to him and I said, Brother Willis, what do you think? He goes, what do you need? I said, I need somebody to take over this Bible study, and you know, we're going to start in a church here. He said, I told my wife before I left here that I was coming down here to take over this Bible study. He, I, I hadn't talked to him about it. He said, I told my wife. He'd been in prayer. He said, I told my wife I was coming down here to start this Bible study, to take over the Bible study. Boom. God took care of it right there. Now, you cannot tell me that there's not a God and that he does not speak to people in 2022. Uh, the Westlaco uh, Church, really quick. I mean, this has happened to me a bunch, but I'm giving you these testimonies. Westlaco Church in, um, down in Westlaco, Texas. I went down there to do a, a prophecy conference a couple of years ago. Sunday morning, I'm holding my um, PowerPoint, ready to go to the pulpit. They're, the songs are winding down. They've got my PowerPoint up on the screens. I'm going to go teach prophecy. They have me all the way down there to teach prophecy. But the Holy Ghost was speaking to me saying, you're not going to be teaching prophecy today. And I'm like, that, I'm, I'm ready to go. And I, was, I didn't know what to do because the pastor was ready for me to teach prophecy. I hadn't talked to him about doing anything else. And I had my PowerPoint in my hand. And when the music come to an end, they introduce me. I go to the pulpit. I'm standing there. And I say, everybody, I, am, I was torn up in my spirit because I knew I wasn't going to be teaching prophecy. And I told them, but I didn't want to override the Holy Spirit talking to me. So I told them, I said, y'all, I am, I am uh, torn here today. 
and the pastor was on the piano and he said, Brother Robbins, you do what the, you follow the leading of the Spirit. I just threw my notes up on the pulpit and said, folks, I'm not going to be teaching prophecy today. I'm telling you what, that place blew up. People started worshiping and praising God. With no notes, I gave my testimony and I talked about the um, coming back to the Lord for 45 minutes. I gave an altar call. Boom, the altars were full. Because God wanted to minister in that service today and He knew they didn't need to hear prophecy that morning. I had taught prophecy on Saturday night. So God, God was just impressed upon me. Dave, no, you're not going to be doing prophecy. I want you to give your testimony. So I did that. Wonderful service. And then I was, another time I was giving a sermon at North Cities and I wanted to give a, a certain thing and God impressed upon me. Give your testimony about you and your wife um, almost going through a horrible divorce and that I healed your, your marriage and everything that happened. So I did that. Had all kinds of people in the altar praying. Well, my, the assistant pastor come to me and he said, Dave, thank you for following the, the, the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit because there was somebody, a couple here tonight that is going through almost the identical circumstance that you went through, you and your wife went through. And they were asking God to heal their marriage. I wanted to teach something else, folks. But yet God was like, no. You need to speak on this. And so I had a long list of things to go through to help build your faith. But I'm telling you, folks, in 2022, how are we going to navigate these events? Do I get scared? No. I've had God do so many things for me in my life. I've had so many miracles happen. I know that you and I, that's how we're going to navigate the times just ahead. We're going to be led by the Spirit of God. We're going to pray and seek God's face and be devoted to Him and have a christ centered life and he's going to lead and guide us by his spirit he's going to speak to us we will not make a major decision until we hear his voice and that's how we're going to navigate these waters just ahead god will be with us every step of the way this has been end of the age brought to you by the faithful partners of end time ministries if you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.